If you are a Braveheart, the next hour is just for you. Welcome to Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold. In this program, you'll learn who the Bravehearts are and connect with them to help change the world. By doing so, you'll be changed for the better. Now, here is your host, Brian Reinbold. And welcome, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today, we're going to talk about how every day is a great day. You can connect with us at uh, Bravehearts for Kids at braveheartsforkids.org. You can connect with me at Mission Specialist at braveheartsradio.org, and uh, be sure to Look me up on social media. Our guest today is Frank Larson, and Frank is uh, Frank's a banker. But uh, for Frank, banking has never been about making money. It's about making a difference. And his bank is in business to help people because, uh, by his philosophy, we're in business to help people be successful, and that's what we've always done. And I'm thrilled to have the one and only Frank Larson with me today on Bravehearts Radio. Welcome, Frank. Thank you very much, Brian. Glad to be here. And uh, extraordinary times uh, we are living in, you know, uh, who could have uh, anticipated uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, the happenings of, of today or the last few weeks when we first uh, started talking about uh, getting on, the, you know, having a, as a guest on the show. Um, there, was a, there was a time of, uh, several years ago I was working with a... Um, with a, a life coach, and about this time in the in the spring, she uh, she called. She's from San Francisco, California area, you know. So uh, she she uh, called me and and she asked one of the questions she asked was, "Did you survive the winter?" And I thought about it. I, my my initial answer was, "Oh yeah, survived that winter, all right." And I I thought about it for a moment, and I realized. We don't just survive, we thrive. I wake up in a big house uh, next to a woman that loves me in a way that a man cannot possibly expect to be loved, and I'm never, ever, ever hungry, really. We We don't just survive, we thrive. And... You know, everything reminds me of a story, and that reminds me of a couple things about about you, Frank. Uh, one of the things is uh, you uh, you uh, mentioned uh, that you support community foundations uh, because they help communities not just survive but thrive. That's that's exactly right. Uh, community foundations I've been involved with. Uh, I've seen wonderful things happen. Uh, it's money that uh, stays in the community, helps the community. It'll be there for a long, long time. And uh, it, the other thing that it uh, that it reminded me of was something that um, that, uh, that you said that your dad told you, and that was that um, uh, I, I think it was uh, as a result of the uh, the Great Depression, maybe in the '30s. And and uh, the quote I recall is, "If there's." If there's no future here, there's no future anywhere. He's talking about North Dakota, and he said this is the best state in the best country in the world. And you've always been optimistic about North Dakota, and I think about uh, 
life and the world in general, haven't you, Frank? Right. I, well, the thing I love about North Dakota is that uh, we have people here that uh, I think because of our circumstances, we care for another maybe more than people in other areas do because we we have to uh, rely on each other. The conditions in North Dakota are such that uh, we just have to help one another in order to keep on going. And because of that, we have a wonderful group of people. I've, I love the people in North Dakota. I've been uh, many different places around the state, even around the world, and and uh, I've never found people that uh, are nicer than here in North Dakota. Although I've gotcha. seen general people are very nice. Yeah, it's you know, and I, I think uh, you know one of my one of my mentors is uh, I, I reckon uh, three mentors: my dad and Albert Schweitzer and Earl Nightingale. And uh, Earl Nightingale uh, had a spoke, uh, would talk about how he um, he said the, the world is a reflection of us. Um, if you know, if you if you want uh, good results. Um, you know, show, you know, show people uh, an opportunity, and uh, that—that's—that's that's really been the key to your success, I think, hasn't it? Right. Well, you know, it's been kind of uh, a little bit different because people who've helped me along the way are are people who uh, we consider extremely successful, but they always had time to help others. And I think that's, that's a wonderful mm-hmm. quality in in people. But, you know, if we reach uh, out, we can do a lot of great things. Yep. And and uh, you, you know you uh, you told me that you've been uh, you've been a banker since 1969, but you've never you've never worked in, in the bank. No, I've never worked in the bank in a day. I started uh, mainly by owning a bank 60 miles from home, and and when I had one bank 60 miles and another 90 miles from home. Uh, uh, I learned that either I was going to have to go all in and work in the bank and move to that location or be satisfied to be a bank owner and let others run the bank, and I chose to do the latter. Well, and the, that was uh, the bank in uh, Ellendale or Oaks? Both Oaks and Ellendale. Oaks was 60 miles. Ellendale was 90 miles from Dallas City, my home. Yeah, and and of course I grew up in Valley. I grew up as uh, as a subjective term, but uh, you know I I was raised in in Valley City, and so we've we've known each other for a long time, uh, kind of by any standards. Uh, going back to uh, Valley City, um, when uh, uh, that, I, I remember the story about um, uh, your wife. Uh, Said that you're uh, you're all you're all in the bank, or you, you could move to Ellendale, or you could or, or not. And she said, uh, "Go ahead and and uh, something like that." How, how did that uh, come about? What uh, what's what's that story? Well, actually, I I owned the banks at Oaks Ellendale for probably two years, and in one day, the uh, man who was operating the two banks, while he running them, pulled me aside. And he said, "You know." <clears throat> He said, we can get more work done down here if you went around so much. So I went home and I told my wife, I said, you know, I said, I think he's probably right. We either should move down to Oaks or Ellendale and and, uh, be involved in the business or withdraw and let them run the business. And she said, well, 
You go ahead and move to Eldon if you want to, but I'm staying here in Valor City. So <laughs> didn't leave you much choice to take the ladder <laughs> out and let the others run the banks. It has been it's proven to be very very well. I, I don't think I would have been a very good banker because I think anybody who came in and wanted to make wanted to borrow money would probably have found me to be a pushover. So it was better to let others make those decisions. Yeah, it's you know it's, it's um, um, I, I, I think you made a good call there, um, and uh, you, you involved your wife in in your business. Uh, quite a bit from the very beginning. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd mentioned I, I thought you you seemed like uh, what what would now be called a feminist, you know, uh, by uh, uh, you know taking taking her on as a as a uh, as an as a partner as an equal in in uh, the business and decisions, um, and that that began uh, because of your early practice of law and experience you had with that too, right? Right, I was practicing law and. Uh... One day, an elderly couple, they were both in their early 90s, came up to see my partner, who was an older man, and, and uh, he introduced me to them, and they they were a fine couple, seemed to be in good health for, age, for their age. <clears throat> but a week later, the husband died. And uh, after that, one day a week, uh, the widow would come up to the office with a sack full of mail, because she didn't dare sit at home opening the mail for fear that she might have to make a, a business choice. And she didn't dare do that. So she sat with my law partner opening mail every week. And I decided then and there that if I should die, I didn't want my wife left in that situation. So I involved her in the business. It was a good thing I did. She added a whole lot to, uh, to the operation. She was a very caring person, and uh, she made sure that all the customers and all of the people who worked in the banks were were uh, treated royally or treated fairly. Mm-hmm. Well, one so of the things that well. that's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I you know, I, and I um, I had uh, your son Craig and uh, Shelley on the on the show in uh, December. And one of the things that we talked about was the idea that the uh, employees uh, are are regarded uh, not just as people that work for you, but as family too. And uh, that's a, that's a real you know that you're a pioneer in that way of going about business too. I reckon. Well, I guess I've always felt uh, in all of my dealings, I would like to uh, be treated to. Or I'd like to treat people the way I'd like to be treated. And uh, I think that I followed through on that to the best of my ability. I I think that uh, most everyone that's ever worked with me or for me has been, you know, fairly treated. And I think they would, they would ascribe to that. And there's the... Um there's the golden rule, um, treat others, uh, how is that, treat, to treat others as uh, as you like would to wish treated? to be treated. And then there, I've heard right. something called the pl- platinum rule, to treat others as they wish to be treated. And that, that, might, even, that might even be a higher standard than, uh, um, 
than to treat them as, treat others as as we were to be treated. I mentioned uh, a couple of mentors that I had. Uh, one, Albert Schweitzer, um, in a quote that he had was um, uh, something to the effect he said, uh, "We we tend to treat people in two different ways. One, we treat our family in one way, and we treat the rest of pe- the rest of people a little less well." And he thought we can't afford to do that. Um, you've also treated your community uh, like family too, right? Right. Uh, I started in uh, small communities. Oaks was probably uh, two thousand. Ellendale was maybe eighteen, nineteen hundred. So we've had that that close feeling, getting to know customers well, getting to know their stories, being appreciative of problems they're facing. Uh, we've had probably three or four serious down economic times during the time I ran the banks. And uh, I don't think we always uh, went the last mile to try and help uh, keep everyone in business. And that's that's been uh, something that uh, I think has worked out very well for us because people have been loyal to us and we've been loyal to them, and that's worked out well. Sounds like it sounds like a good synergy. Um, you know, in, in Ellendale and Oaks, uh, you know, growing up in North Dakota, uh, I, I, I remember the ball diamond in, uh, in, uh, Oaks and my last year of little league baseball, uh, 12 years old was the last year I played baseball. After that, I was working all summer long and, uh, uh, the, the left field uh, fence was 285. And I remember that because that's the only time I ever put one over the fence at a, at a ballpark. <laughs> and, uh, that was Oaks. So I got a great recollection of Oaks from, uh, you know, and, and the thing about it is you, you'd been, uh, you'd been in the banking business a couple of years there by then. Uh, and, uh, right. uh, that, that was the year that, uh, that you ran for governor and, uh, we, we're going to go to a break now, but when we come back, I want to ask you a little bit about the, uh, uh, the, the time that you ran for governor and, and how you got to know my dad and, uh, you know, continue the conversation with, with, uh, Frank Larson, uh, the, um, uh, every day's a great day. And uh, that's on Bravehearts Radio on Voice America Variety Channel. Stick with us. We'll be back on the other side of 60 Seconds. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Bravehearts Radio is sponsored by Bravehearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to braveheartsforkids.org. That's braveheartsforkids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. 
It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the Mission Specialist. You're tuned in to VoiceAmerica.com, where we're the leader in live Internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today we're talking about how every day is a great day with Frank Larson from Valley City, North Dakota, and connecting with us is easy. Go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. Uh, check out the Spotlight Hope app on the Brave Hearts for Kids site. You know, right now, with everything that's going on in the world, uh, Spotlight Hope is more important than ever for families to find resources to help them when they have a sick child. And Brave Hearts for Kids and Spotlight Hope is a leader in the pediatric cancer field and helping families connect with resources that can help them get that get through that crisis. Uh, connect with me at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org and on LinkedIn, and we make some great connections for shows on LinkedIn. Talk with uh, uh, the one and only Frank Larson. I'm thrilled to have Frank on the show today. Uh, welcome back, Frank. We were, we were talking a little bit about 1972, and uh, I don't know if it was the only home run I ever hit, but I did hit one in Oaks. Uh, you you, uh, you kind of started at the top uh, that year in in your uh, and ran for governor, right? It was it was kind of a strange situation. I I uh, have always been interested in politics, but uh, I'd never been involved uh, uh, to any extent. Uh, when I came back from law school and started practicing law in Dallas City. But I, I uh, thought I wanted to get involved, and I felt that my dad had quite a bit of farmland around the area, and in North Dakota, uh, that can sometimes uh, be a detriment when you seek public office. Uh, so I, I always felt that I couldn't be elected locally, but I, I thought, well, maybe there's an opening at the state level. So one night I called the state uh, party chairman, and we met in a motel in, in Bismarck and talked for a while, and and he said to me, he said, well, he said, uh, why don't you run for governor? Well, that that pretty much floored me, but uh, it made sense because the governor at that time had been in office 12 years, was quite popular, and uh, was fully expected to run for another four-year term in office. So I thought, well, this is really is an opportunity. I can run for, for governor. I won't make it, but at least I'll be well-known around the state and and it might lead to something in the future. So I, I, I started out, you know, before very long, I, I always joked that uh, when the governor heard that I was crying for the endorsement, that, uh, that he decided not to run for public office. He announced at any rate that he was not a candidate for re-election. But my problem at that time was that uh, five of the, or four of the very popular 
Republicans around the state decided then that they would run for public office also. So I uh, realized I had no chance, but I talked with the Republican chairman and uh, told him I was thinking about withdrawing. And he said, well, he said, I wouldn't do that if you were thinking about the future because people will think you're a quitter drawing out or stopping uh, before the convention. So I went on through the convention, and of course I I came in at the bottom, but uh, I did achieve my goal of becoming a little better known around the state, and more importantly, meeting so many people around the state that uh, were actively involved in politics. So strangely enough, that uh, set me up in business uh, for quite a lucrative run uh, for a while, because I uh, had always wanted to uh, sell uh, investments to banks around the state. I felt that the banks were being taken advantage of, not uh, not un, un, necessarily un, unduly, but that they were just uh, at the mercy of the Minneapolis-St. Paul banks uh, with their investments. And I felt that my selling them, I could give them a better deal. So as things happened, I uh, met a man from Denver who uh, was invested, was a stockbroker and, and was doing things on his own. So we hooked up together and we started a, a bond business uh, where we became financial consultants to cities and school boards around the state. Well, circumstances were just right for setting up a series of very lucrative business dealings, refinancing outstanding bond issues. And as luck would have it, everywhere I went, meeting with city commissioners or school board members, that type of thing, uh, I knew someone on the board already from my best experience in uh, in uh, running for public office. So I, I, I remember leaving the convention in Bismarck and not getting any endorsement. And I thought, here I've spent a year, a year and a half of my time chasing around the state, meeting people, spending a lot of money I didn't have, and what I had to show for it, coming in fifth at the election, at the convention. But the lesson I learned there was that if you try and do a good job at whatever you're doing, sometimes it comes around and pays off in spades later on. And that's exactly what happened to me, because if I hadn't had that experience you know, doing that type of business and making that kind of money, I never would have survived uh, in uh, managed by the banks. So that was a a good experience for me. Yeah, it sounds 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 like uh, uh, you know do, doing 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 the work, and, and you, it sounds like you really enjoyed doing that too. Oh, I did. I I uh, I had a great time. And again, it's all people. We. Uh, we met so many wonderful people uh, in our travels around the state. So by the time I I was through running for public office, trying to meet people that way, and then coming back, selling uh, investments, I met some of the some of the really best people in the state, the ones who were making the state uh, uh, go around and around. The, the entrepreneurial spirit. Now, I, I remember, is that the year that Art Link was elected governor? That was the year that Art Link was elected governor. Okay. In fact, later and, on, uh, Art uh, and I were 
involved in raising money for uh, Lutheran Social Services in North Dakota. And I remember we went into a very active uh, Democratic worker in Newtown, North Dakota. And we walked into his car dealership and he said, I thought I would never see you two together. So here we were together raising money. We spent a couple of days at that. Well, I think you know back in, back in the in the older days before uh, before that election, maybe did didn't the, uh, the 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 governor and the lieutenant governor ran as separate tickets? They they weren't like on one ticket together because that's the way I kind of recollect it. Is that is that right? In nine in ninety nineteen seventy two, that was the first year where they both ran on the same uh, together. Prior to that time. Uh, in fact, one of the ones who tried for the endorsement for governor at the Republican convention was named Dick Larson. He was yeah. the lieutenant governor at that time, and Bill Guy was the governor. Uh, Dick Larson was a Republican, and uh, Bill Guy was a, re- a Democrat. So he really getting into split tickets. Yeah, getting into the the history and the trivia of uh, the, what they, they might call the North Dakota Blue Book, you know, that, uh, the old posies. I think uh, uh, Bill Guy ran probably against Milton Young that year. And uh, so... Two years later. That's, yeah, okay. Yeah, and... Um, and then, uh, if I remember right, Art Link was also in, in, in banking too, wasn't he? Yes, he... Uh he was one of the five or six that started to do back at Bismarck. Okay, yeah. yeah and, they did uh, that, uh, I don't remember. I think that was after he was... Well, I, I don't remember now. It was around the time... Yeah. I would say it was, it was after he was governor that he was involved with that. I think so, yeah. That's, that sounds familiar. There's a lot of time passed since then uh, either way, but I, I remember the story about... You, uh, you running for governor, right? Remember that my dad used to uh, tell uh, the story about how that was how he got started in politics was uh, working as a local uh, a local guy in Valley City who was a teacher at the college and uh, worked on uh, on Frank Larson's uh, governor campaign. And I thought that was that was a, a pretty cool connection. So, right, right. Your dad was very active in politics locally. Yeah, he ran for he. I think he won city commission that year. I remember putting flyers under car windshield wipers back then, and uh, didn't think there was anything wrong sure. with that at the time. You know, I was I was uh, just a just a kid, probably wearing my baseball uniform, running around town doing that. So, uh, but um, I, you know, and, and I you know I've, I've known uh, your son Craig for um, oh gosh, I guess uh, I'm, I'm going to say going back to uh, about 1974. That I've known him, and uh, you know, since we've uh, lived in Bismarck, uh, uh, you know, in, in uh, many of the years uh, since then, I, I was was wondering when if he would run for governor, you know, because he seemed like he'd make a, a good candidate. But you said he's he's just not interested in politics, right? Right. He he's he's been uh, wanting to be a banker and being a banker all his life. He's. Uh, He's very happy with that. But now he's 58 years old and he's retired from banking, uh, wanting to do uh, things on his own, uh, like uh, saving the world. So he, he's uh, off on new adventures. Although he still is maintaining uh, quite an interest in the bank uh, that we have. So, But he, he's, uh, I, I admire him because he's, he's wanting to do some other things. And he's doing them. 
That's a, that's a great opportunity we have to, to, to make a difference. I, I, uh, I often say uh, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. In fact, that's kind of a slogan of the Bravehearts radio show. Um, we, we came up with the idea that a brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. Uh, but doing good anywhere does good everywhere. And, and following what, doing what you love is re- really doing what lights you up is really something that, um, that's really what the world needs. Uh, people to do that well, rather, than, rather than chasing something. Craig is, uh, Craig is very concerned about uh, uh, saving the land in North Dakota. So he's uh, buying land and doing his best to restore it. He's not interested in, in farming. He's interested in, uh, in cattle grazing land, that type of thing, but uh, he's been, he's been, he and two or three others have been very active in that for a while. Now, well, Craig has kind yeah. of branched off and doing it on his own. And, you know, you, you, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you have four children, and they all went off and did different things. Craig followed you in the banking business, but you didn't decide uh, that they had to follow you or just do what you did, did you? No, not at all. I have uh, I thought that uh, it's better they do what they want to do, and, uh, and they have. Craig was the only one, but uh, he's been interested in banking long, long, all I remember. You always wanted yeah. to be a banker. And he's done There's a great a... job. I think I tell people that he's, he, I ran things for 25 years, and he ran things for 25 years, and his 25 years were much more productive than my 25 <laughs> yeah. He did a great job. Well, you know, you, you uh, uh, he he had a he had a great start. He had a great mentor in you, and uh, uh, you, of course, you you said that your your dad was really your your mentor. Um, and uh, you know what a, what a what a terrific privilege to have uh, have a dad that's uh, that, that that you learn from like that, and that that is uh, a mentor for for uh, uh, a young person or, you know, for any of us at any age to say, you know, my dad was my mentor. Um, right. And you, that was your, and you, you'd mentioned your dad was, was, uh, was your mentor, right? Well, I don't know that, but uh, my dad was successful and uh, he had a great reputation. Uh, and that's how I started. I, uh, I just, an unbelievable deal from uh, Carl Pohl at a bank in Minneapolis when I started. Greatly based on uh, my father's mother's reputation uh, that he investigated uh, before he invested in me. And uh, if without, I've always maintained that without your, your reputation, you have nothing. If you have reputation, you have everything. Yeah, and it, and, and uh, I remember the story about uh, Carl Pohl had that uh, he uh, he he didn't know much about you, but he was able to find out about your dad, and he said, yeah, "That's good enough, right?" Something like that. Right. Yeah, I think that he felt that if I failed, my my dad would probably step in and bail me out. So I, he didn't tell me this, but I I suspect that I surmise that that's the situation. Was, would, was, would your, would, is 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 that what the story would have been? Would your dad have bailed you out? <laughs> No, no, he didn't. Have. He, uh, he, he didn't. Uh, he well, he, in fact, uh, he was the director of the 
of the two banks I had the first uh, in the last three or four years of his life. But uh, no, he he liked what I was doing, but I think he uh, he wasn't too anxious to help me uh, because he felt that I I, I think he had, he probably had other reasons also, but I think he felt that if he helped me, as I said, he would have been showing too much favoritism to one of the kids. Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, you know, from the, the story I, I read in, you know, in, uh, uh Frank's extra mile, the gentleman's story, uh, you know, a, a book that I have on the, on the counter here and, uh, looking at your smiling face on the cover of the book, uh, a story about, uh, you and your dad and, and how he, he, uh, uh, he, he just, uh, he didn't borrow money, did he? But no, no, no. He, he not 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 so he, much. He, during the thirties, he uh, was manager of that college credit company. They made loans to farmers in North and South Dakota, and uh, mm-hmm. he was very proud of the fact that he had to foreclose on only three farmers during that time. And of course, foreclosures were rampant. He was very he really proud kept of that. Going. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, so he, that that. that he had a great deal of experience in, uh, in that, plus being a lawyer himself. Well, we're going to uh, come back to close up uh, our, our chapter of Bravehearts Radio in just a little bit, uh, talking with uh, Frank Larson from Valley City, North Dakota, about uh, how every day is a great day. I guess we'll get to how we came up with that as a topic for, the, for today when we come back on the other side of the break. Stick with us. We will be back on the other side of 60 Seconds. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Bravehearts Radio is sponsored by Bravehearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. 
And welcome back, Bravehearts. You are listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live Internet talk radio. I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today we're talking with Frank Larson from Valley City, North Dakota, about how every day is a great day. You can connect with us on our sponsor website, that's BraveHeartsForKids.org, and uh, help us out. Uh, there's a Donate Now button on the BraveHeartsForKids.org uh, website, and uh, the kids and the families that uh, uh, with kids with cancer, they need help now more than ever. So you can also email me at MissionSpecialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. You know, going into the third segment, I always talk a little bit about the National Day Calendar and uh, NationalDayCalendar.org. Com is one of the great uh, sponsors of Brave Hearts for Kids Pediatric Cancer Charity. Uh, today, uh, the 23rd of March, is Chia Day, Chip and Dip Day, Melba Toast Day, Near Miss Day, and Puppy Day. So, you know, some of those I, I I can't explain. Puppy Day, of course, uh, hard to not explain that. Uh, and uh, you know, tomorrow uh, tomorrow will be my dad's birthday. Uh, uh, my dad, uh, March 24th, 1933. He's uh, been uh, gone for 10 years now. Uh, that's uh, the national days of the day. And then one more thing I want to mention that uh, uh, I know a lot of people are, are looking to get uh, get their uh, groceries delivered. Uh, talked with uh, Steve Moore at M&W Beef in Mandan, North Dakota, just uh, the other day. And uh, they are offering home delivery of prime meats, including some of the uh, exotic things like uh, buffalo and uh, elk and things like that. Uh, I tell you what, nothing better than a bison ribeye on the grill. And you can get those. uh, Call area code 701. Everything in North Dakota is area code 701-663-BEEF. Get your uh, prime meat at... uh, MW Beef at 701-663 Beef. And uh, hi, Steve. So I'm going to say that. Uh, you know, when I, uh, Frank, when I, when I mentioned the, uh, uh, the, the buffalo ribeyes that I get from MW Beef and I've gotten some elk from them, uh, I was telling, uh, telling Craig about this last time I saw him, and he said he got a moose last year. <laughs> he got a huge moose. He was <laughs> up in, uh, in the British Columbia. And got this with a bow and arrow. With a bow and arrow? But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> with, a, with a bow and arrow. And he said that uh, he and a friend uh, drove up in his pickup, and I think they had quite a job getting the horns into, into the box of the pickup. It was so big. In fact, wow. he, I'm, I'm no hunter, so I don't know, but he was telling me that this was one of the, one of the biggest ones that's ever been taken, apparently, to keep books on, so uh, he was very yeah. proud of that. Yeah, with a bow and arrow. That, you know, I, I, I tell you what, I think uh, you know, uh, I, I know that there's uh, there are athletic achievements, and, and think the last time I did a triathlon was about ten years ago, and and uh, so uh, I'm, I'm retired from that. My knees don't let me run anymore, but um, I'm really impressed at at uh, the, uh, the the hunting that that uh, somebody like Craig does. Uh, just the athletic achievement of that, um, because there's it's a lot of work, and uh, uh, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, a lot of fitness required for that. So, 
Craig stays in terrific shape. But uh, I'm very proud of Craig and his hunting because he uh, he's a crack shot. Uh, I think that most everything he, he shoots at, he kills. Uh, uh, and he doesn't uh, he doesn't just kill to the thrill of it. He's definitely uh, he's very methodical. He he wants to get the big moose. So he's he's gone uh, different parts of the world already. Yeah, in search of something that he wants, and uh, he comes back and wasn't successful, and he said, I had a great time anyway. So yeah, yeah, he's a good hunter. Yeah. Well, and, and you you were not a hunter. You, I, I remember the story that he'd go, you'd take him out in the country, and uh, he'd go out and, and do some hunting and come back to the car, and you'd be reading the Wall Street Journal. You know, so... Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Dad and I used to go hunting a lot. In fact, that's one of the things that we did. Uh, not when I was growing up, but after I was I, I was uh, an adult, we uh, we started uh, hunting again. We'd go out to um, Western North Dakota, south of Medora, in that uh, in that area, and there was some uh, there was some good uh, good deer hunting out there. Uh, there's there's a oh, story sure. I, I, I I like to tell about um, you know when, when people say how are your kids doing. And uh, I, I, I will say, I got six arrows flying. And they'll say, what the heck do you mean by that? Um, well, there's a, there's a poem uh, by Khalil Gibran. And uh, it's, it's called On Children. And he, he says, uh, uh, your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's yearning for itself. They come through you, but are not of you. And then he, he talks about how uh, we are the bow, and our children are the arrows. And our job as the bow is to help the bowmen launch the arrows, not to go with them. <laughs> so Wonderful idea. Yeah, I just, um, I, you know, every, everything is kind of run from one topic to another and from archery into Khalil Gibran. And <laughs> but, uh, but that's, you know, that, I, I think that's, um, that's something when, uh, when we, ha- we have this, uh, this opportunity with our children to uh, support them and encourage them and um, you know, send them on their way. And uh, right. maybe we maybe we don't even see what their target is, but uh, uh, the bowman, the the higher power, the the universe or God, whoever you want to put that, uh, that that uh, uh, there's a target that uh, those arrows are aimed at. And uh, right. I, I I wanted to ask you, um, what 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 would you like for your for your children? and your grandchildren uh, to most remember about you or, or something that you would like for them to, uh, uh, to be aware of and, and, and to remember as, uh, as a lesson for life? Well, I always like to say that if I can be remembered as a banker who did a lot of good for a lot of good people, that uh, I couldn't have it more than that. And, and that's what I did. If I... If I leave that with my children, that uh, I did a good job uh, serving my uh, my friends and neighbors, why? What more could I want? That's very well said. That, you know, no, that, 
that about sums it up because I, I think that, you know, we we remembered for a lot of things. Hopefully we remember for a lot of good things. And um, you you grew up uh, uh, in in, uh, in in Valley City. It kind of, uh, if I remember the, the the locations that where you grew up is like w- just west of the swimming pool across Central Avenue in that neighborhood, right? Right. Well, I, I was two blocks. I grew up really two blocks straight north of the high school in Valley oh, okay. City. Well, that's not too far. And then my folks, uh, in about 1950 or so, moved out to. Uh, well, a long block north of the hospital, on Chautauqua Boulevard. Okay. I remember when yep. I was in the service, uh, and I had to write all the time Chautauqua Boulevard, and people always wondered what the world <laughs> kind of location that was. Well, it was like uh, you know, what is Chautauqua? And that's uh, that was a uh, that was a uh, spiritual movement, I think. Uh, the, uh, the, the the whole Chautauqua concept, right? Um, and uh, when, uh, um, gosh, there's there's so many different things to uh, uh, to, to talk about. I I had uh, you know I got I got your book. It's called Frank's Extra Mile: A Gentleman's Story. It's it's a terrific book. Uh, the uh, the Thank idea you. that we had for the sh- for the show uh, we thought Frank's Extra Mile. And uh, when Craig and Shelley were on the show, we had going the extra mile. And then uh, I thought uh, there's a there's a story in there about uh, a slogan from the Starian Bank called "Hit Your Wagon to a Star." And I thought, wow, "Hit Your Wagon to a Star." That's kind of a catchy title. And then the uh, the last line of the book is a quote from Craig, and it's um, for Frank, "Every day is a great day." And Last week we had Marlo Anderson with the National Day Calendar about celebrate every day. Uh, today, you know, with with you, Frank, uh, the idea that every day is a great day—that's um, just that's just a, a, a perspective on life, isn't it? Right, right. And of course, you know, I I remember at a bank meeting listening to an inspirational speaker, and I remember he said that. When we wake wake up in the morning, we decide what kind of a day we're going to have, and that's true. If we if we wake up and say it's going to be a good day, chances are it will be a good day. If we wake up and say, "Oh, this isn't going to be a very good day," it for certain is not going to be a good day. So, I think that uh, I've always tried to be positive about things and optimistic for sure. Even during the time that we're having now, I think that we'll come out of this stronger than ever. I've always been a believer in the fact that uh, we get stronger from the troubles that we that we experience in going through. So to me, problems are not the worst thing in the world to have. I don't look at them so much as problems. I look at them as so they be solved and and do better afterwards. And I hope that that uh, my kids feel the same way and pass that on too. And I think they I think they are. So I take great satisfaction in that. That's really well said, Frank. I want to thank you for being with me on the show today. It's um, it, it's an honor to have you on Bravehearts Radio, Frank. You're the, the 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 epitome, the exemplification of a gentleman and a braveheart. And well, we've thank been talking you for about kind words, Brian. I appreciate it. Yes, indeed. Um, we've been talking about how every day is a great day 
here on Bravehearts Radio. Remember to check out our BraveheartsForKids.org. Follow and like us on Facebook. And you can also email me at missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. And uh, we're doing more of our retreats by Zoom now. So uh, let's talk about that. Please join us uh, every Monday at 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific. Next week, we'll be talking about the fabric of life. And we'll have as our special guest, Wally Goulet. Remember that doing good anywhere does good everywhere. And we'll see you next week. Until then, be well. Thanks again for joining us this week for Brave Hearts Radio. Be sure to tune in for another edition featuring your host, Brian Reinbold. The show can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again next time.